Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncertain Futures here on the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Network. Uh, it's possible that you're watching us on a live stream as Michael Leone figures out uh, what he is doing <laughs> with that. Uh, it's also possible that you are listening to us on the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast Network after you just heard us do the uh, Here's the Thing Fantasy Football Show. Uh, so the idea behind this show, as uh, previous viewers know, is we we take a look at the futures market, and we look at some of the tickets that we have already bet and kind of discuss what's going on with the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl markets as well. And uh, Michael, not the most sterling beginning to this show because we were very confident that not only were the New Orleans Saints going to beat the Minnesota Vikings, but that Though, I mean, the markets were pretty confident in that, too, because the New Orleans Saints had better odds to win the conference and had better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Green Bay Packers, who had the bye. And uh, you know what? It turns out is is very important in professional football, just like not having to play games, because literally anything can yeah. happen when you actually play the games. Yeah, we had the Saints as one of our best Super Bowl futures bets at – I think the line you could get some places was I saw it as high as plus 600, even plus 450 though. We liked the bet on the saints and yeah, to have them go out week one, wasn't great for the sweats. And as you said, the importance of not having to play a game, it's sort of wild that the Patriots get knocked out round one after losing in week 17 to the freaking dolphins, which cost them even having to play that game at all. So a lot of importance in that home field advantage and skipping that game. Of course, both these teams had home field and still lost. The slight silver lining, Davis, for you at least, not for me, because I had Philly as my long shot to win the conference. You did say you had Seattle as a long shot to win the conference, and that looks great with New Orleans losing because now you don't have to play San Francisco in round two. You get to play Green Bay, who the biggest reason why we like a few of these NFC futures is because we think Green Bay's frauds and they're soaking too much implied ownership there. And two, you're not going to have to play New Orleans at any point in time. Worst case, you will have to play San Francisco in a conference championship game. So the combination of Cousins throwing the overtime touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph and Carson Wentz getting knocked out of that game early 
like the EV on that Seattle bet for you swung in your favor pretty quickly. Yeah. So Seattle, Seattle or Minnesota, if, if you bet either of Seattle or Minnesota last week, that's a situation where you leveraged the entire market thinking New Orleans Saints, they're going to, they're going to breeze by the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to breeze by the Green Bay Packers. But now everything has been turned on its head because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong in terms of NFC odds, but do you think that there is a dominant team in the NFC right now? I I don't, I do not think the 49ers can count as like a, a dominant NFL team. I don't know. It's hard because, you know, a lot of the advanced metrics really do like them, but you know, we had a big discussion on one of our podcasts about, you know, running versus passing and how far to take running backs don't matter. They are a team that even though Jimmy G has played well and they have George Kittle, they do lean on the run game quite a bit. And that just leaning on the run game, leaning on your defense does open yourself up to a bit more variance come playoff time where offense is so important. And, you know, we haven't really seen that come to fruition the first round of games in the wild card game. But as we move on, I think that's something we'll see, especially if you were to get to the Super Bowl. But relative to the other NFC teams, I'm looking at our implied odds, which we have up now. We have the Niners with uh, at a bet. Vegas has their implied odds at 22% to win the Super Bowl. We have them, you know, almost half that, closer to like 11% to win the Super Bowl. So we're really not, you know, big fans of the edge in the Niners over the rest of the NFC that Vegas sees. Well, I mean, I, I, I think that our numbers are probably closer to reality than, than the market numbers, because I, it's hard for me to say that the 49ers are definitively better than the Seahawks when like we've seen them already play two really close games and you and I, and our numbers all kind of think that green Bay is very overrated uh, the the bet I actually like in the NFC, our modeling likes as well, which is the Vikings to win the Super Bowl at eighteen to one. They they only have to they just got to win three games. Yeah, and that's an interesting bet because like one, if you're saying you don't believe in San Francisco as having this huge edge over the rest of the NFC, then the Vikings' odds of winning this game is you know higher than Vegas is going to see. And then you look at who they might have to play in the NFC Championship game and you've either got Green Bay, who we've already harped on, that we don't believe in them, and they are the likely team that they'll face because they have the home field advantage, three-and-a-half-point favorites over Seattle currently, or you're facing a Seattle team that they just don't play optimally, you know, in terms of the strategy that they implement on the offensive side of the ball. They want to be a run-oriented, slow-paced team, and sometimes they luck into playing smarter when they – are playing from behind because they let Russell Wilson unleash because they have no other choice. But when they do have a choice, they seem to lean on the run game, lean on Marshawn Lynch, which another thing we discussed is just, you, you, you got, you just, you got to lean on him. It's just, it's crazy that this story isn't bigger. A story that I thought would have been way overhyped. Marshawn Lynch coming back, playing for the Seahawks after, you know, only playing six games last year, took all of 2016 off. Hasn't been hyped to the extent that I thought like, this is nuts, Davis, that, and there's only one play to play with Marshawn Lynch. It's, you know, run heavy. 
That, I mean, that's the only thing you can do. Though I will say, he looked surprisingly spry on his <laughs> on his one pass reception last week. He had, like he he picked up a first down on like a like a rollout. Like it was literally, it was not a check down. It was a designed passing play to Marshawn Lynch. And uh, you know, as we were discussing a little bit earlier as well, uh, I I I did already bet on the Seattle Seahawks with four points against the Green Bay Packers, which I guess. You know, if I think that if I think that they win that game and they are listed right now at twelve to one to win the Super Bowl and five and a half to one to win the division, if I think that it might be a less circuitous route to actually just go ahead and uh, and bet that five and a half to one to basically win their next two games. Yeah, the we have them as a positive expected value bet to win the nfc we don't have them quite as positive expected value to win the super bowl like prefer the vikings at that long shot when you have to win those three games anyways but you know you're sitting really pretty what what odds did you get on the nfc championship game you had them to win the nfc last week i think it was yeah i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go look it up but i i i know philly i had philly at plus 1800 to win the conference and i think seattle was probably around there or close and now it's five and a half to one so yeah, those odds improved dramatically. And so last week, last week Seattle was the the ticket was 18, uh, 14 to one to win the division, thirty to one to win the Super Bowl. Also, and another thing, someone brought up who watched us last week when we suggested betting Baltimore. You know, it was only plus two fifty. They were saying, well, why not just bet them on the money line, a hundred dollars their first game, and just keep rolling those profits over instead of betting the futures. And, you know, that's an interesting strategy. There are some ways where mathematically that works out a little bit more favorable odds wise, because the futures bet sometimes are just overly juiced. There's also some variance there though, in who they play and the odds that you're going to get on the money line. Like for example, if Houston were to upset Kansas city, you know, you're not going to make the same, you're not going to have the ability to make the same return on profit that you did off the futures bet. But if you end up having to roll through all the teams that are expected to win, you know, you face San Francisco in the Super Bowl, you face Kansas City in the championship game, those money line odds probably can be tight enough that, you know, just a pure rollover probably beats the futures bet. But, you know, it's always interesting to look at different angles and ways to bet things. But part of the point of this show is have a little bit of fun, bet the futures bets. I know, Davis. Well, I mean, plus two fifty wasn't too much fun for you, though. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, and and you you'll live with losing those. So uh, I actually here I I will give a little plug to a book that I just read, The Logic of Sports Betting by Ed Miller. He's actually going to come on my podcast next week, and we are going to discuss you know futures betting, prop betting, live betting, all of the the ways that you can make money. And something that he discusses in the book is that these futures markets often have like a higher hold or a higher big. So you're seeing like the sports books keeping way more of the money, but because these are not like mega high liquidity markets, you know, you're just, you're not seeing, you're really not seeing, you know, millions and millions of dollars pour into these markets and there's not a ton of price discovery. So what that means is that when these lines are posted, you're not seeing people bet on both sides of the market because these are, one-way markets like think about the seattle game that opens at whatever number people bet on green bay people bet on seattle and then you it settles on a more even price for the sports book right well futures markets you don't really get that so while yes they are higher hold markets you can get really good numbers here 
if your numbers do not align with whatever the model was that was used to create the market, like some of the most plus EV bets you can make are going to be the futures, are these futures bets. Yeah, so in other words, even though they're juiced a little bit higher, the fact that they're not paying as close enough attention and the models aren't, I guess, you know, calibrated the same and they're going to get to that calibration when, you know, the teams actually face each other. That's the reason why you can still get value in the futures and it still might make sense to do that versus just betting, you know, a rollover outright from week one. Um, look at the AFC side of things, Davis. You know, we have Kansas City as a slight play to win the Super Bowl. There is less there because we value the top two teams in that conference very highly in Baltimore and Kansas City. And, you know, NFC, we're saying, you know, San Francisco, not crazy favorites. New Orleans is knocked out. Green Bay is soaking up way too much implied odds. You don't really have that in, K or in, in the AFC. So if you're going to bet anything, it's probably KC to win the Super Bowl. You look at the top four teams to win or the top four teams in DVOA currently, it's Baltimore, Kansas City, and then two teams that are knocked out already in New England and New Orleans. So uh, if you're the AFC team going to the Super Bowl, you're not facing the top four team in DVOA. You know, you're facing maybe San Francisco's currently fifth. And if they get knocked off, which, you know, the odds of them getting knocked off are probably a little bit greater than 50-50, right, Davis? Like you're playing. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the best and most equitable bets to make are, and this will very highly depend on what sports book you use. So, like if you have a FanDuel account, if you have a DraftKings account, um, you know these are these are markets that are often available, which is just AFC to win the Super Bowl. I I think personally, looking at this, I mean I think I would bet the AFC to win the Super Bowl at like up to like minus two hundred, maybe like so that's like. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's huge. Like, yeah. whatever the market is, I'm positive that it is not that extreme right now. Yeah, early Super Bowl line is – right now, the early Super Bowl line is AFC minus three and a half, which seems like – Yeah, good I mean, just – I would love to bet that. Yeah, it's minus 185, the money line. Um, just checking out on, on a book right now. So, yeah, like, if you think there's a greater than 50-50 chance it's not San Francisco, which, you know, just – it seems we, like I mean, we we just, I mean, we just broke it down that it's better than that. Yeah. So yeah, that that's, but I like that's type of futures, but you talk about not wanting to hold your money in a futures bet, you know, I mean, that's a situation where that, if we get to that game and you're like, I'm such an idiot. Like I saved, I saved 10 cents to, to hold my money up for, uh, <laughs> you know, to hold my money up for literally a month. But I do think that's interesting though. Like, if it's either KC versus San Francisco or Baltimore versus San Francisco, like what's the line versus San Fran? KC versus San Francisco is Kansas City by three. Kansas City by three. Yeah, but if it's Baltimore, I bet it's 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 Baltimore by four, four and a half. Right. So, so basically, there's some optionality here in this three and a half line where. At worst, it's like pretty close to what the line's going to be, and at best, it could be way larger, right? Like if it's Green Bay, but but if, if it's, it's Green Seattle Bay, I think if it's if it's Green Bay, Seattle, or Minnesota, it would not surprise me if one of the AFC teams was legitimately favored by like five or more points. Oh yeah, more than five, I think, and yeah, so so that is somewhat intriguing at 
you know, minus three and a half, minus 110. I don't think that's the worst way to hold your money moving forward. Something I didn't think of before. We have, I don't have it in the graphic. We just got our Super Bowl Sims. But as far as potential Super Bowl matchups, like we have Baltimore 78% over the Niners, you know, 89% over the Packers. So basically somewhere between 80 and 90% over any of the NFC teams. And then even Kansas City, Versus San Francisco, a little bit closer, like 57%. But versus the other teams, it might be it's more like 70%. Um, and our Sims had New Orleans as the best team in the NFC. They get knocked off. So it's looking that, really good that, for the AFC. I think that is like a really underrated part of this. And I mean, obviously, I wish that I would have bet this uh, last week. You know, like that, that would have just, just been a lot better. But AFC to win the Super Bowl with New Orleans eliminated is like – it's like three times as good of a bet because New Orleans was so clearly, I think, the best advanced analytics team that existed in the uh, that existed in the NFC. And now I just think it's it's a lot different. Yeah, I don't know. If I do. We have too I do love to... betting these futures. I I I, um, I made a I made a bet that I think that you will like for the divisional round, which is Damian Williams most rushing yards plus nine hundred. Didn't that, didn't that feel wild? Plus that 900? Feels, plus yeah, 900. that feels pretty wild just because when you think of all the split running back situations we have on, like Houston, it's very unlikely to be Houston. I mean, I know Hyde will get the majority of the carries, but playing from behind. And plus, if you're playing Damian Williams to win rushing yards, you know, you want – that game script has to play out where Houston can't run the ball a ton anyway. San Francisco's – split like crazy and then the guys that you would think are the heaviest favorites and probably are but like dalvin cook Derek henry yeah they're in the they're, they're in the worst possible game scripts yeah worst possible game script heavy road dog sub 20 team total is probably not a lot of efficiency so like damian breaks one big run and they're in a big that's, that's game script. yeah that's it's it. seven, 75 yard touchdown run and it's like he, he's, he's got it locked up especially if the game script is what they want it to be yeah um so i'm pretty sharp basically is what yeah you're super sharp just like literally just like it's crazy how much of a sharp i am so i think that that's pretty much it for this week though on this show you know we'll have varying lengths based on you know what there is to break down what there is to talk about you know obviously tilting of new orleans loss and i still have that really it really was it was such a freaking bummer man yeah it really was i have my baltimore future alive but i lose my new orleans future i lose my philadelphia future already you you're not in such bad shape you had kc to win the conference and seattle to win the conference yeah but i bet case i bet kc to win all these in the preseason so the prices are also a little bit better yeah but you you even had them pegged last week against our model to win yeah. the conference. And that also like that came up roses for you with the New England. With loss. New England getting like, even eliminated. If you think New England stinks, yeah. you'd much rather play Houston than New England. So you know what? I actually think that that's not true. I actually I, think I actually that's 100% think hundred percent true, but who knows? I got Casey Casey got, Casey, totally got wrong, so. Casey got beat by by uh Houston though in the regular season. I think we see a different KC team though. I think we see the pass. Well, yeah, I mean, they like, I, I believe your Mahomes type team. I believe that they have not had more than one full game with Tyreek, Damian and Mahomes all in there. I believe that is accurate. Yeah. They're pretty healthy offensively now. And 
Yeah, I, I think you're you're feeling pretty good about those odds. I mean, the, look at the way the markets reacted, Davis. I know you said you'd rather play New England, but I yeah, don't but think that's but true. the market the market dude Houston's um, defense stinks. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, dude, Houston should have gotten blown out by the Bills at home week one. Like, come on. I mean, really, you just got to be sharp enough to bet Houston in that game. Oh my God! Right? Don't even. I think so, it's probably it's got to be a candidate for one of the worst bets I've ever made. Yeah, you just like tilt betted that one because you saw I something did. you didn't like. I you, did. I did tilt bet yeah. that one. You didn't think it through. The worst part was you didn't even wait for the line to drop, and you would have actually won some money instead of pushed. You know what? That uh, that push felt like one of the biggest victories in my sports betting career. Though, <laughs> when when you're when the team you bet on is down sixteen zero, and they have like. 50 yards of total offense at half. And, I mean, people forget this. But if that official, like, Stephen Mitchell Jr. fields that, or no, it was DeAndre Carter, fields that kickoff and throws the ball to the ref, if they had actually ruled that a touchdown. Which they could have. They very easily could. Now, I mean, you're a Bills fan, but, I mean, like, ruling it that way would very much have been against, like, the spirit of the game. I agree, but... Also, the Cody Cody Ford blindside block wasn't exactly in the spirit of the game of that rule either. So, I mean, it's hard to pick and choose when you're going to apply common sense and when you're not going to. That's all I'll say as a homer bias Bills fan. But low-key, the other thing that you had working for you, they had to convert two two two-point conversions for them to stay alive. Like, (laughs) Like, you are so dead in so many ways. And you got the two two point conversions. I got, which... I got, I got like like five like very low probability parlays to hit just to get my fifty bucks back. Like, yeah. <laughs> what a net. All right. In, in other episodes of this, we might dive deeper, like depending on what's going on. Like we did last week, we were a little bit deeper dive, like prior to the playoffs, and we'll take a look at some NBA stuff in future episodes once we get out of the NFL playoffs woods, especially that one week off, we'll probably start digging at NBA futures, which are always fun. Yeah, very excited for that. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for watching, and we will be back next week with Uncertain Futures. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 